my, one of my teachers in Bible college. And you pastored 27 years in Texas, I think 23 in Decatur, 24 in Decatur. And uh, he's still a pastor, but now he pastors as the uh, director of Karis Bible College, Colorado. And so that's his title, but he, I still call him Pastor Greg because you can't, you can't get away from being a pastor if you are one. And um, so they've just been a tremendous blessing to Molly and I. Uh, Pastor Greg is on our legal board along with Pastor Lawson. And so they provide the oversight uh, for the local church here. And so anyway, um, we're blessed to have you. Come on up and we'll uh, receive. It's going to be awesome. Are we on? Here we go. Awesome. Well, how many of you glad to be here today? How many of you rather be here than the best hospital in town? The best, the best jail in town? Praise God. Well, this, this is a, it's great to be here at Karis Kingdom Church. We, we love your pastors. I tell you, when Jesus, uh, when Jesus died and was raised from the dead, uh, he ascended on high and he gave gifts to men. Amen. Yeah? And in those, those gifts were uh, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And, and how many of you know that when he gives us gifts, he gives us the best? Yes. And so uh, he's given you guys great pastors. Yes. Uh, yes. I, would you agree? We need to, don't, don't, ever, don't, don't ever take for granted the, the pastors and the leaders that God, that God puts in, in your life. Amen. And uh, so pray for them, bless them, determined to be a blessing to them. How you, how you treat people who are in authority over you is exactly how you'll be treated when you get there. Amen? So just think about it. I want to say, I want to be a blessing to my pastor. Amen. Amen. Um, while we were worshiping, you know, we were singing that, singing that song, you know, uh, Jesus makes the darkness tremble. Yeah, but then, I, then this, a couple of scriptures came to me that, that um, yeah, he makes the darkness tremble. And he made the darkness tremble. But as the Father, Jesus said, as the Father sent me, so send I you. So look at your neighbor and say, uh, Jesus in you makes the darkness tremble. Yeah, you, you make the darkness tremble, yeah? You do. When you, when, when, you, when you wake up, when you wake up and you realize your inheritance and you realize what you have and, and all, that's all the things that, that what's why we come to, come to church, we, we get revelation to see who we have and who we are and what God's done for us and Man, when you get revelation of that, you make the you make you make the darkness tremble, and you make it darkness tremble. Yeah, and uh, Philippians 1:28 says, "And not in any way terrified, and in, in not in any way terrified by your adversary. Not in any way, not in any circumstance, not in any way." Are we terrified? Right? right? No, we're turning the tables, guys, today. We're turning the tables. We're not just singing a song. We're turning the tables on the devil. 
I got news for you. I'm not in any way am I terrified by my adversary, which, which when you're not terrified by your adversary, it is to them an, a, an evident token or proof of their destruction. Amen. But to you of salvation and that from God. How many of you want to give the devil a nervous breakdown? You just let him know, get up every morning, and I am your worst enemy. I am your biggest problem. Amen? And you, you make him tremble. You do. Praise God. That's awesome, isn't it? Thank you, Jesus. You, you, need, you, need to just, you just need to rise and shine, and man, his light is upon you. All right. So open your Bibles wherever you would like, but I'm going to be in Jeremiah chapter 29, okay? And, uh, but I'm going to tell you funny first. This is called the Good Salesman. Boudreaux, the smoothest talking Cajun in the Louisiana National Guard, got called up for active duty. And Boudreaux's first assignment was in a military induction center. And because Boudreaux was a good talker, they assigned him the duty of advising new recruits about government benefits, especially the GI insurance, to which they were entitled. The officer in charge soon noticed that Boudreaux was getting a 99% sign-up rate for the more expensive supplemental form of GI insurance. That was remarkable because it cost these low-income recruits $30 per month for the higher coverage compared to what the government was already providing them at no charge. The officer decided he'd sit in the back of the room at the next briefing and observe Boudreaux's sales pitch. So Boudreaux stood up before the latest group of inductees and said, if you, if you has the normal GI insurance, and you goes to Afghanistan and get yourself killed. The government pays your beneficiary $20,000. And if, if you takes out the supplemental insurance, which only costs you $30 a month, then the government gots to pay your beneficiary $200,000. Now, Boudreaux concluded, which bunch you think they're going to send to Afghanistan first? <laughs> That's funny. I don't care who you are. That's funny now, guys. You need to lighten up and learn to laugh and have fun. Amen? Okay, a real familiar, a real familiar verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. People quote it all the time, um, but let's just read it. It says, For I know the thoughts that I have toward you, that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. God's got a future for you. God's got a destiny for you. God's got a purpose for you. God's got a dream for you. God's got a plan for you. And listen, guys, are you breathing? Yes. Are you here? Yes. Are you alive? Yes. Okay. No matter what's happened in the past, no matter, no matter what failures you've experienced, no matter where you've been, no matter how many no matter God, how long it's been since God gave you that first breathe, that vision, that dream on the inside of you, no, no matter how many delays you've had 
no, no matter how many detours you have, uh, God still has a plan for you. Amen. And it's a bright plan. It's, it's not a plan of evil. It's not, yeah but, yeah, but you don't know what I've been through. No, the problem is you don't know what he went through. Amen. That's your problem. When you, when you allow your past, your experience, what other people have done to you, delays, when you, when you allow those kind, even when personal failures or bad decisions, when you allow that to define you instead of what Jesus did for you, that's your problem. Are you hearing me? Amen. We need to value the cross greater than our pain and our loss. Yeah? God's got a bright future, a destiny. He's got a plan for each one of you. And you know what? I don't want any more or less for my life than, what, than His plan for me. How about you? John 3, 27, a man can receive nothing except it's been given to him from heaven. Now, you know, you, uh, back in the day in the faith movement, people were confessing for things. They learned confession principles and they were confessing and trying to use their faith for things that their flesh wanted. But how many of you know, you can't even have faith until you know what grace has provided. But once, great, once you know grace is provided, I'm, lock, I'm locking in on everything that God has for me. And then no matter how long it's been, no matter how many days it's been, no matter, no matter how many years it's been, you know, and, uh, you know, I've shared this with you here before when I was here, but we're believers. We're not doubters. We're believers. And what do believers do? Believers believe. How long do we believe? Well, I'm, I'm, belie I'm believing in heaven, I haven't even ever seen it, and I'm believing until I go there. Yeah. yeah? So how long do you believe for some promise God put in your heart? I'm, I'm a believer, man. I'm, I'm, not a, I don't, I'm not a doubt. I'm a believer. I, what do you do with your doubts? I doubt my doubts. Yes. Yeah? God's got a plan for you and I. He's got a future for us, and, and your future consists of thoughts you haven't thought yet, words you haven't spoken yet. Actions you haven't taken yet. Circumstances you don't know yet. And three out of four of those you and I are in control of. Are you hearing me? So how are your thoughts, your words, your actions working toward your future? How, how are you as parents sowing into your children's future? Too many times, guys, uh, how many of you know 2 Corinthians 517, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, old things are passed away, all things become new. How many of you are familiar with that? All right, do any of you know what, pre what verse precedes that? Uh, wherefore, henceforth, verse 16, know we no man after the flesh. You can't get locked in on identifying your children, your spouse, whatever after the flesh, and then be able to help them facilitate, move them into their new creation potential. Too many times we lock ourselves in to, an, to a false identity of our surroundings and our past and our flesh, and it's not our, it's not our future at all. And you can't help people get into their future. You can't help yourself get into what God has for you by knowing yourself or other people after the flesh. We have to identify ourselves after what God says about us. Amen? Amen. Your future begins today. Amen. How many of you have ever 
watch that movie Groundhog Day. I mean, I like to watch it just to look at the old hairdos back there, man. It was, <laughs> it was awesome. Anyway, so in ground, how many of you haven't seen Groundhog Day? You need, you, you need to go, you need to watch it. It's awesome. So, so it's about this, uh, you know, TV guy that, that goes to, uh, what's the name of the town in Pennsylvania? Puxatawney. And he goes there and he's just basically going to give a report on, you know, that's where the... Groundhog Day started, and you know, the little groundhog is going to come out, and if he sees his shadow, it's going to be uh, a longer winter or whatever, however that goes. Anyway, so they, and so he goes there, and this guy's he's really just kind of a self absorbed kind of person, you know, full of himself. And anyway, so he goes through that whole day, and, and then and the, ne the next morning, he wakes up in the same day. And Sonny and Cher is singing the same song on the radio that he, that he heard. And, and, um, and some of you don't even know who Sonny and Cher are. <laughs> anyway, go watch the movie, okay? <laughs> we date ourselves, Max, when, we, when, when, we, when we're 45 like me. Yeah. <laughs> what are you all laughing at? <laughs> anyway. So, you know, he, the, he wakes up in the same day and he, he, he responds in shock. And then the next day, it's the same day. And, and then he responds in self-indulgence. Then next, the next day in frustration. The next day in depression. Then he moves into self, in, I mean, in depression and, and then giving up on life. And, and then, he, then he moves into self-improvement, learning Russian and and ice sculpting. I mean, he keeps waking up in the same day over and over again. He knows what's going to happen. And so, you know, then, then he finally has some kind of, some type of an epiphany that, that caused him to realize what life was really all about. And that was self-sacrifice. And knowing what the day was going to bring forth, he prepared now to help others avoid tragedy, harm, and pain. And when he fi finally realized what life was all about, loving others and living his life for others and serving others, he moved into the next day. Are you hearing me? The same thing's true for me, for you and me, guys. You can either, you can either bless somebody else's day or curse their day. You know, Janice and I, every day we pray, God, make us a blessing. Would you help us? Would you help us to be a blessing? But some of us are stuck like Chuck. We're in the same day, over and over again. You're stuck in a, you're in a time warp of your pain. You're stuck allowing something from the past define you and identify you, and you agree with it, and you, can, you even start your own, uh, your own Victims Anonymous Club and pass out gold membership cards to everybody who will enable you to stay a victim. And we see it in the news all over. But you're not a victim, you're a victor. But too many times we let what other people do, and, and sure enough, we, we could do it if we get focused on what someone else has done to us or didn't do for us or whatever, or they, they uh, delayed uh, the promise or the inheritance that we knew God 
had or they got in the way or whatever. Listen, guys, people can, and the enemy, they can, they can hinder you some, but they can't stop you. Right. The only one that can stop you is you. Right. And people get stuck like Chuck in a time warp of their pain because of what someone did or what, or what someone didn't do or they got a promise from God and they didn't, they hadn't seen it happen yet or maybe a friend, a friend of theirs or a relative went home to be with Jesus early. Uh, Steve Bartlett is a great friend of mine. He, he was a, a wonderful pastor in Chicago, um, overcame cancer, came to Karis and then he became my right hand man in ministry school and we had dreams of, of raising up a thousand evangelists and planting a thousand churches. And he went home to be with Jesus early. I'm going to talk to him when, he, when I get there about, le about bailing out on me. And his, you know, I mean, you know, I'm not happy. It, it, you know, and as far as I know, he was believing God. Okay? And, and I mean, he, I'm in the hospital with him. At six o'clock, five thirty, six o'clock in the evening, and he grabs my hand, just with with a you know firm grip, and he said, "We're gonna, we're gonna yet build five more printing presses, Greg, and get the gospel out all over the world, and then we're gonna see a thousand evangelists raised up. I mean, because where are the evangelists today? Yeah. And we're gonna see a thousand churches planted through Karis. And man, I mean, I'm." I'm right there, and at 10.30, he looks at Jesus and looks at me. <laughs> and he's gone. Well, you know, we, my, I, mean, it's, I mean, I was sucking wind. Do you understand? We're, I mean, I, we believe in, how many of you know, we believe in healing. But we also believe in heaven. And I don't know why he went home early and left us behind. But I, I mean, I don't know. When you get to heaven, the first thing that's going to happen, would you like to know what the first thing is? Anybody want to know? Yes. The very first thing. Oh. <laughs> ah. You were good. You were right. You were fair. Even though it didn't seem like it. You know, that's our problem, is our seamer. Everybody put your hands on the side of your temples. Let's have a little seamer adjustment. Come on. Come on, help me here, guys. Everybody say, God, you are good. You are right. You are fair, even when it doesn't seem like it. But see, guys, we, we get promises from God. We, we get a dream from God. We get, you know, we, we get a, a, you know, a vision or a dream or we know what our future is and we take off and we're full of joy and then life hits us or people get in the way or circumstances happen or the enemy finally wakes up and sees that you're dangerous. And he tries to hinder you. He can't stop you. He tries to hinder you. Get in the way. And then, and then what, how we respond to those disappointments, those delays, those, those uh, hindrance, hindrance, hindrances by people will determine whether we get into our future or we stay with Bill Murray stuck in the same day. In the, in the last days, Jesus said, I'm not going to turn over there. In the last days, Matthew 24, it said, many will become offended. 
many will become offended. Now, in Luke, that's in Matthew 24. In Luke 17, 1, Jesus said, it's impossible that no offenses will come. So is it possible that you're not going to have any offenses in your life? No, no, it's not. It's, you're going to have offenses. And they're going to come from people that you love and are close to you. And he said, it's not possible that, no, that offenses aren't going to come. But then there's a difference between an offense that comes and you becoming offended. An offense that comes is an event that happens to you or somebody does something or says something or whatever uh, or, or, you know, there's a delay and a promise and you, you know, that happens and, and it's impossible that's not going to happen. But then there's a difference between then you, that happening and then you becoming offended. You becoming an offended is not an event that happens, it's a decision you make as a result of that. And you look it up, you read it, Matthew 24, 10 through about 15. It gives you the downward spiral of offense. It said you'll be, uh, betray many, there'll be hatred, false prophets rise, deception, lawlessness, and cold love. Betray, everybody say betrayal, betrayal. Hatred, hatred, false prophets. Deception, Deception, lawlessness, lawlessness cold, love. cold love. Now if you endure to the end, the, God can use you as an end time messenger. If you don't, you won't. You'll stay in Groundhog Day. I'm not nearly so concerned about global warming as I am about global chilling. <laughs> right in the middle of that list. Right in the middle of that list. Many false prophets rise. You, were, you know what, want to know where false prophets come from? They come from the place of becoming offended when an offense comes. And every, time, every false prophet you'll ever meet on, in the face of the earth, they, they started right and offenses came and they didn't process the offense. They became offended and they, they started their own Groundhog Day. And, and, and... When that happens to you, and you, you let an offense cause you to become offended, you, you unconsciously, unintentionally, but in reality nonetheless, you enroll in the school of false prophets, and you learn their ways of betrayal, hatred, deception, lawlessness, and cold love. Guys... I'm sorry that you've, went, you've gone through what you've gone through. I mean, I'm sorry. I've gone through some of the things I've gone through. But let me tell you something. I'm going through. Amen. I'm not staying stuck. Amen. I've come here today to ask you, to encourage you to withdraw from the school of false prophets. Amen. And determine the things that I don't understand about the, about the promise and about this or that or about life. I'm not going to let that cause me to get offended at God. I'm not going to let that call I'm, the Bible. Doesn't the Bible say Romans 8 37 that I'm persuaded that neither death or life or principalities or powers or things to come, things present or things to come are going to separate me from the love of God. And yet people every day 
allow those things to separate them from the love of God. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, do, I, you can't get into your future like that, guys. You can't, you can't. God's got a plan for you. It's a good plan. It's not of evil. It's, a, it's to give you a future and a hope. But you can't get into it. Enrolling in a school of false prophets. Becoming offended when an offense comes. You understand, I could teach a lot right now. But right now is a, is a time of reflection. And it's time for us to decide. Okay, you want to get into, you want to go into your future? Or you want, or you want to, you want to learn at the feet of, fa of false prophets? How many of you want to go into your future? We got to let that stuff go, guys. We've got to forgive everybody, including ourselves. And God's not your problem. I'm telling you that right now. It might seem like, you know, again, it might seem like God wasn't fair. God wasn't right. It wasn't, you know, it didn't. How many disciples did Jesus have? Well, he had 70, but then he had the 12. How many did he take up on the Mount of Transfiguration? Not fair, Jesus. <laughs> not fair how many did he take to Jairus' house to raise a little, his daughter from the dead three not fair Jesus let me tell you something guys the kingdom of God is not fair according to men's view of things it's not socialism we, we, Jesus we have to trust we have to trust in him even when our understanding doesn't fit, can't figure it out, can't compute it. And we're not going to allow ourselves to get offended at Jesus when he does something that seems like he's leaving us out or we don't understand. Guys, you, if you do that, you create your own Groundhog Day. Yes. And you don't go into your future. And God, it's a real simple message today. I'm calling you into your future. I'm calling you out of Groundhog Day. I'm calling you out of that place of becoming offended. And I, I'm not justifying, guys, the abuses and things that people do. And I, I mean, I, look, I, I weep when, when I hear some of the things that people have gone through at the hands of authority and all that. And so I get that. I'm not justifying that. But guys, look. Uh, living in anarchy and rebellion and living in a place of becoming offended, that's not the remedy. Good preaching, Pastor Greg. Hallelujah. So how, how many of you want to bring forth your future in God? Matthew 12, 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. So... You can, either, you can either bring forth your future or you can, or you can just establish uh, your, your Groundhog Day. Or you can just stay enrolled in the school of false prophets. That's, I don't think that's where you want to be. Yeah? So how do you bring forth your future in God? Four, four things. Just going to give them to you really quickly. I'm not going to have time to unpack all of this. I'll give you some scripture. You can, 
If you're Bible students, you can figure this out yourself. I really want to encourage you, though, to go to Matthew 24 and look at that. I didn't make it up. It's right there in the Bible, okay? And I believe we are in the in end times. And people don't realize they're allowing their circumstances, they're allowing what's happened in their lives, they're allowing disappointment and delay to, to, to get, them, get them stuck. And, and I've come here to get you unstuck. Praise God. Praise God. Get you out of the ditch, get you moving into your future. All right. So four things. You may want to write them down. Okay, real simple. What, what are you seeking? Four things that will get you into your future. First of all, what are you seeking? You know, we read Jeremiah 29, 11, and, you know, God's got this great future for us and plan, but then very few people go on to read the next two verses. But it said, then you will call upon me, verse 12, and go and pray to me, and I'll listen to you, and you will seek me. Everybody say, seek him. Amen. You seek him, uh, and you'll find me and search for me with all your heart. You know, the, the, the question is, what, what, what are you seeking? Too many times we're seeking our own plan. We're seeking what, we're, what we want. We're seeking what our flesh wants or what our parents want or whatever. You can't get into your future seeking your own way. You just, God, what, you just, you just get before the Lord and say, what's your plan? Don't come up with a plan and ask Him to bless it. I'm seeking you. You seek first the kingdom. He's going to add everything to you, guys. But he'll, he'll let you frustrate yourself seeking your own deal. Yeah? yeah. And what are you, what are you seeking? Uh, John 16, 13 said he'll show us things to come. If you'll seek him, he will show you his plan for your life. How many of you are single and don't want to stay that way? Okay. And the rest of you don't want to admit it, huh? How many of you are single and don't want to stay that way? Okay. Listen, guys. He's, he's got a wonderful mate for you. Chill out. Take a chill pill. And make, make time your friend. Yes. Yes. And, and you're not going to decide who you marry. You discover. You don't decide. You can either, look, you can either be, uh, you, you, you can be lonely or you can be miserable. <laughs> and together, if you, don't, if you don't seek the Lord. God's got a plan for you and it's going to come when you seek Him. When you seek Him, that means you set aside your own preconceived ideas about what you want to do and just say, God, I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. What is your plan? If you seek Him like that, it's impossible that He won't show you. He'll show you. He'll download it to you. Amen? Or you'll hear Pastor Max. There'll be some, something that, or, uh, that he says or somebody he brings in, some, somebody that you're, you're watching, it's, it's something is going to cause the baby on the inside of you to leap. Amen. Yeah, whatever you're pregnant with, whatever that dream is, whatever that vision is, I'm telling you, God will awaken it if you'll seek Him and stop doing your own thing. I don't mean quit your job and go sit on a park bench, but I'm talking about if you'll seek Him and God, I mean, you got to work while you're, while you're on your way. But the bottom line, God, I, I'm, I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. If you get like that, God, will, you're, you're going to begin to discover what your future is. And then you're not too old. I said, you're not too old to get into God's plan. Then, then the second thing, what are you seeing? What are you seeing? Genesis 15. Look there with me. Genesis 15 and verse 1. After these things, everybody say, after these things. 
After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Don't be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield, your exceeding great, exceedingly great reward. And then uh, going down to verse, uh, verse, six, verse 5, Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. So shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted to him for righteousness. So Abram had a promise from God in Genesis 12 uh, that, he, that he was going to have all these kids and all this great inheritance and everything. And, and yet it had been now it had been uh, maybe 15 years since that promise. And then he'd gone through disappointment with, with, uh, in relational conflict with Lot and, and you know, warfare. And he went through, you know, leaving money on the table and all kinds of things he'd, he'd gone through. And then just the, just the delay in time. And after these things, God brought him outside of where he is and said, get your eyes off of off of what hasn't happened and look up because if you get your eyes off of what's happened, you, if you see the eternal, if you see the eternal, are you hearing me? Man, you, if, you, if you look at what, God, at what God has for you, then you won't get stuck like Chuck. Don't, look in the, don't live in the rear view mirror. What are you seeing? Are you seeing your failure? Are you seeing what other people have done to you? Have you seen all these things, even the delay of the promise? How many of you, God's still able to bring it to pass? Yeah. In other words, he told Abraham, Abraham, the deal is still on. And I've come here to tell you that what God put in your heart, and even though it's been 15 years or 10 years or whatever it is, the deal is still on. Yeah. God will yet bring it to pass. I said, He'll yet bring it to pass. If you get out of Groundhog Day, and I'm telling you how to do it. What are you, what are you seeing? You've got to let God get your focus again on what He said. He will yet bring it to pass. Amen. And then, and then the, the third thing, what are you saying? And I have the airport in sight. We're just about to land, so don't get nervous. How many of you give me five more minutes? Yeah. Five, 10, 15, 20. <laughs> no, we're, we're, about, we're about done. What are you saying? I said, what are you saying? Mark, Mark 11, well, uh, Rome, I think it's uh, Proverbs 12. Is it Proverbs 12, 18, oh no, 18 12, or Proverbs? Anyway, it's in Proverbs. It's, it said, life, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Yeah? And in, and in Mark, Mark 11, uh, 23, the scripture that Kenneth Hagin wrote. <laughs> he quoted a lot anyway. Well, surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, doesn't doubt in his heart, believes what... Those things he says, he'll have whatever he says. And in James, James chapter 3, look at James 3. James chapter 3 and uh, verse, verse uh, 2. For we stumble in many things. If anyone doesn't stumble in word, he's a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths, and they obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Look at ships, even though they're so large, they're driven by fierce winds, they're turned by a very small rudder. Even so the tongue, everybody say the tongue. 
can turn around my future. Your tongue, your tongue can bring your, your, your words, the words of your mouth that you believe in your heart can, can turn around your future. I was talking to a, a medical doctor from uh, Cameroon who's in our ministry school this year, and he said, I learned something, Pastor Greg, when in medical school. I, I went to medical school because I wanted to see people healed. Now I've learned supernatural ways to heal. But he said, here's what I learned about the medical profession. They speak death. Yes, yes they do. Trying to bring life. And it confuses people. People come in like this, and then they leave like this. And he said, you know, so you know what I do instead? I speak life. I tell him, well, you know, this is your diagnosis. This is what you're dealing with. But, he said, whatever's on the other end of your butt, he said, I've learned that, Pastor Greg, from you. Whatever's on the other end of your butt is what you really believe. And, and I'll tell him, but, you know what, I, I believe if you'll just... If you'll just worship God and pray and then you'll, you'll take care of your body, I believe you're going to be well. I believe the healing is yours. He does this with people in the medical practice. We, we can speak life. We can turn the situation around. We can speak life or we can agree with death, guys. You can't bring people into their future speaking death over them. I'm not saying lie about it, okay? Yeah, we're dealing with this, all right? We're Maybe they've got... Your kids, they say they've got ADHD, whatever. No, they're a PhD. Hallelujah. You need to speak something over them that God puts in your heart. Well, they might be dealing with this, but let, but, everybody say but. And then you speak the word of God. And it cancels out the assignment of the enemy. What are, what are you saying? And then finally, what are you sowing? Luke 6.38, given it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Running over will men give into your bosom. Men will give, God, God gives to us through men. And we need to be sowing into others. Galatians 6, look at that and I'm, and I'm, I'm done. Galatians chapter 6. And verse 7. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. If he sows to the flesh, he'll reap corruption. If he sows to the Spirit, he'll reap life everlasting. And don't grow weary while you're doing good. Don't grow weary, guys. If we keep sowing. My pastor, Bob Nichols, said it like this. He, he said, what you make happen for someone else, God will make happen for you. You know what, what, you know what that means? That means that, look... Look, look at your neighbor on the, on the right hand and on the left. Look, look at your neighbor, okay? E each one, look, look, at, look at one of them and say, God, God's got an awesome future for you. God's got an awesome plan for you, okay? And if I'm close, if I've got, if I'm, it's like, you know, I feel close, I feel connected to, to Max and Molly and, and the church here, and it's like, you know, I want to help I want to help them move into their future. I, I want to find people that I believe in and, and sow into the plan God has for them. Yeah? This is not just about me finding me, 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 you know, the Holy Trinity, me, myself, and I, you know, fi finding out about what God has for me. No, I want to help. Part of my vision, part of my destiny is to help other people fulfill theirs. I just saw some things 
God showed me over, over Mark uh, yesterday. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm believing, brother, with you. God's, God's going to fulfill that. He's going to bring it to pass. And I'm telling you, He's got such a bright future for you guys. We've got to get out of the ditch. It's time. Yes. Yes. It's time to leave Groundhog Day. If God's speaking to you about this, I want you to, I don't, I don't want everybody just to stand just because a couple are, I mean, I want, I want, if God's speaking to you about this, about leaving Groundhog Day, about getting unstuck, move, moving into your future, letting, letting a fence go, okay, and, and acting on any of these points that I've spoken to you, I just want you to stand. I want to agree with you. I just want those that God's speaking to to, to, to get up because I want to agree with you. Because I'm not assuming everybody's stuck. Okay, but I, but I, I do know this. God cares. Listen, I, I want to I speak very personally to you. God cares very much about your future. And He cares very much about your heart. And he cares very much about today getting you out of the ditch and getting you move, moving into, into your next season. Amen? Amen? Just put one hand over your heart and then one hand to heaven where your help comes from. And just say, Father, I want to thank you, Father, I want to thank you for the power of your word that sets, sets me free. I agree with you, Lord. I agree with you. you have a wonderful future for me. And, and I withdraw from the school of false prophets today. I move consciously from the place of becoming offended. And I'm no longer going to define my life or my future by my past, but by what you say about me. And I will yet move into my future. Today, I come out of Groundhog Day in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I just release the grace and revelation of your word and the grace of Jesus, Father, for each person here, that, that you show them the specific steps. Sometimes for some of you, it's going to be you're going to, you're going to need to call and reach out to somebody and forgive them. For others, you've got to forgive yourself. There's somebody here that needs to forgive God. You need, you need to stop judging the Lord. He's not your problem. And He will yet bring you into your future. Amen? Amen. 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 Can we lift our hands and thank Him now, Father? Thank we just thank you. you. We love you. We thank you, Father. Let's all stand together. Father, we just thank you. We love you, Lord. I tell you, you know that song we sang today? <laughs> you know, Jesus makes the darkness tremble. Okay, right now, you're making the darkness tremble. Right now, you're making the darkness tremble. And you are the, you are the enemy's wor worst nightmare. Amen. Praise God. Pastor Max, this, this, is, this is a powerful, powerful church. I'm telling you, you're awakening to your destiny. And I'm so excited about your future. Amen. Why don't you give the Lord a shout? Hallelujah.
Amen. Uh, you just sit down for just one second. I want to. I want to tell you one other thing. That uh, Jesus said, "Blessed is he, happy to be envied is he who is not offended in me." And uh, living free from offense is absolutely how we access our destiny. And I, I want to tell you that what's about to happen. Uh, we've got to put. We've got to put steps of faith with with what we what we believe. Right. That's how we. That's how we bring breakthrough. Um, many times, people end up hurt by by church leadership. And I, like Pastor Greg said, I, I grieve for that, and that's never our heart. But what that can do is it can create an offense in your heart where you don't want to give financially. Okay? And I, I felt like there's probably some of you here that, that have that issue. And I, I can say this totally in an unself-serving way. None of the money that's going to come in right now is going to come to me. It's not about me. But if you want to take a step of faith to get out of Groundhog Day, this offering right now is a great way to do that. We're going to give everything that comes in to Pastor Greg's ministry. Even if you're not in that situation, we want to give to honor him. And we want to thank him for bringing this message. The Bible says that those that will labor among you in the word, that they're worthy of double honor. And if you read that in context, it's talking about money. One of the ways that we show honor is through our finances. And so we want to give you an opportunity to, to sow into Pastor Greg and Janice's ministry. They also have a table out there with awesome books and resources. He wrote a brand new book. When's it coming out? January? January 15th. Destiny Images is publishing it, so it's going to be really awesome. But anyway, uh, if you would like to give in this offering, there's there's no pressure, but if you want to make a, a, a faith statement or if you just want to honor Pastor Greg and you need an offering envelope, raise your hand up real quick and the ushers will uh, get you one. Um, make everything out to, to CKC. We'll keep it separate and we'll write one check to Pastor Greg's ministry. sign books for you if you want him to. He's good about that. So, awesome. This really encouraged me. I, I, we want, you know, we're here. We want to see people walking in their destiny. It's what Molly and I live for. So we're, we're thrilled. We just want to, we want to let go of our past. We want to let go of the lies of the enemy. Not, not be overwhelmed by our pain. checks out to CKC. If you want to give with cash or credit card, you can fill out that envelope. Thank you, Jesus.